2: What's up and welcome in. Harvard Handicappers podcast live from the NBA Summer League and our first guest out here at the Thomas and Mac Center. Very excited. Lacey Galloway. A pretty long-time pro. It's nice enough to sit down with us today. What's up, man? What's going on? How you guys doing?
0: Good, man. Good. Thanks for hopping on with us. Oh, I'm appreciate glad to, it.
2: Glad to be on. Glad to be on. So for people who uh, maybe be not familiar with your career, you know, you got drafted, what, 2014, 2015? Undrafted. Uh, undrafted. Excuse undrafted. me. I apologize, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's right. Your rookie year was 2014, 2015. Right, right. Played quite a few games at the beginning of your career. Yep. So we'll walk through everybody, like, what you're doing right now and in terms of your basketball career, what you're working on.
3: Yep. So this is uh, coming up on year 10 for me, professionally. Yeah. Um, Trying to decide, you know, going overseas, uh, whatever the, the you know the country is going to be, or you know, hey, I get a call from an NBA team to come play training camp with them. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, USA is coming up for the World Cup. Uh, I got selected for the, uh, the USA Select team August 2nd, so I'm excited for that. And then have my shoe brand, Ethics the Brand. So uh, go check us out ethenticobrand.com if you uh, guys want to get some shoes. And uh, other than that, we have our, our foundation. I mean, ton of stuff going on, but just enjoying the journey. Join the journey.
2: So I wanted to start there because what I what I find fascinating is there are a lot of guys. You know this, who have their journeys. You know they take it in different routes to get to the NBA. And overseas, I think some people are like, ah, oh, you know, I don't, but overseas is a really good opportunity. You Absolutely. see a lot of guys go over there, you can make money, you can do something you like, you can develop your game, and at some point you can still work your way back to the NBA.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's been, I think, three or four guys this uh, this free agency period have went over there, played consecutive years overseas, and then have gotten the opportunities to come back. Uh, one guy that comes to mind, Dante, uh, Dante Exum, yep. he, he mm-hmm. just got a call up, you know, just, hey, playing over there, played well okay, come back over here, sign a two, three-year deal, two, two, two three-year deal, I mean, that's that's big, so... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. i look forward to the opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's awesome more of those options are available. We, obviously, we're here tonight at Victor Wimbledon. Yama night, it feels right, like they might right. as well just paint that outside instead of Summer League. We're all right. excited to see, <laughs> here to see him. Um, so I, it, I think it's great that option has become just the game has grown more internationally. For guys like guys like you and some of the vets in the league, how important is it just to be out here in Summer League where you might get the opportunity to talk to coaches, GMs, whatever, that I'm sure there are. Much more around than we even get to see on a daily basis out here.
3: No, it's huge because I get to bump shoulders with different guys, players that you know I've played against over the years, uh, coaches, GM, scouts, and just talk to them, pick their brain, hey, what can I do? What, what do you see going forward? Uh, does this team fit? Can I, hey, possibly get a shot at, you know trying to make a training camp spot? So just just trying to you know, put the pieces together and figure out All right, what makes sense going forward for me and my, not, not just myself but for my family as well. So that's all I'm trying to do right out. You know, while I'm out here in my short period of time. I don't want to be out here too long. I love I love being out in summer league, but, hey, a couple of days. You
0: get in trouble and, out here. Yeah, get in trouble <laughs> and, then,
3: and then go back home, <laughs> get back to work. I was going to say, how much, uh, how often are you out here in Vegas? Like, What's your
2: background here? Do you hang out here? Do you come on vacation? How often have you been out in Vegas?
3: I, I have some friends that actually live out here. One of my college teammates lives out here. Uh, another college teammate lives in Arizona. So normally we kind of get together in the summertime, at least once in the summertime, catch up, hang out for a few minutes, and then, hey, everybody goes their own separate ways. So it's, it's good, though. It's, it's, it's like a, a perfect pivotal piece where, you know, everybody culminates to, you know, one city. You see everybody need this touch feel all right, time to go. And it's just like, it's you know, it's short, short stands. Oh, real stance. quick, I'm, so I'm the Vegas local.
0: Kelly's right? okay. not from here. Yep. Okay.
2: Uh, but, I, you know, I was born out in Cali, but I, I've been here, and my family's got some deep ties out here. Right. This is a, It's a low-key basketball town. It like, is. I don't think people really realize that, but there's the UNLV background. Right. And there's a lot of, I'll bet you if you poll, there's a lot more locals in that building watching Wembe and others tonight than people would
3: realize. I mean, people don't realize, this, this is going to be the next stop for an NBA team. Yep. The expansion team is coming here, no doubt about it. So I think that. I don't know if that's going to be the next two years, three years, four years, whatever the case may be, but this is going to be the next stop. Then they have to figure out what's the next city that they're going to have that's going to come in with them. Is it going to be back going back to Key Arena You know, in Seattle? Is it going to go to Vancouver? Or they're just trying to figure out what, what's the next you know up-and-coming city that, hey, look, they need a, they need a chance to have our uh, NBA team. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see that. And, uh, hey, I think they, they've already started to – I mean, you can kind of tell from being a local, yep. the expansion of, like, building the, the facility and all that. So – on oh, I mean, Mendenhall's awesome as a basketball. Facility. Have you worked out there at all?
0: Yeah, yeah, I worked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So,
3: like,
2: Mendenhall's awesome. Right. You, at Team USA, uses it a bunch, so it's, right. it's a really good basketball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, I mean, we talk about the summer league, and then man yeah, the, yeah, the Olympic training camps and all that kind of stuff. So, Langston, how many summer leagues have you either played in or attended? Would you say?
3: So, I played in two. My first two years, rookie, rookie and sophomore year, I've probably been at. Probably out of the ten years, probably six. I probably say six out of six or seven. Yeah. Okay. So, so I've been here. I've been here a lot. I've been so, a lot.
0: So, I I've seen some wild nighttime hijinks. I want to hear what Langston Galloway's uh, favorite summer league story is <laughs> don't name names. all his whole. Cre- you don't need to name names. Yeah. No names need to be named. But yeah. what's your favorite story from all your summer league Ooh, experience?
3: Man, that's you put me on the spot right here. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, it actually was a good, a pretty good, like fun moment. We um. I found out there, there's a there's a lake somewhere that we were I don't know where we were at in Vegas Lake Mead. I don't know. I don't want. I can't I, name more than that. Lake Las Vegas. Lake Las Vegas. Vegas. There, yeah, there yeah. was a lake, and yeah. we literally went on a boat cruise, and like then we were like riding jet skis, and like doing all like the uh, hang gliding on. I'm like, God, like, this, this <laughs> yeah. is nice. I didn't. I never would have thought that Vegas would have this attraction, yeah. but hey, who you know, we're in Vegas. Hey. Everything is here, so yep. I, I shouldn't have put it past it.
0: I think Scoot just scored again. I was gonna say, so that's
2: actually that's a that's a great jumping off point. So right now we're live during uh, this. Who is it? Houston Rockets, Portland Trailblazers, right? Yeah. Yep. So Scoot Henderson's making his NBA debut. You played for the G League, what yep. twenty nine games or something like that last year. Correct.
3: So you played against him. So Correct. what's your what's your scout on on Scoot Henderson? Nah, t- uh, tremendous athlete. Uh, so I mean, I, he had one one possession where we were playing last year, and I'll give you an example. We were in transition. I was trying to get back. I'm on the opposite side. He literally, he does it in and out, bounces over the guy's head, through the lane, pop, like, dunks right. I'm like, whoa, okay, all right, I got to wake up this game. Like, I got to get my got get my, my burners running a little bit. So just seeing that and seeing how his game has transformed, you know, throughout the season, working on a jump shot. He's been working out with Steph. So uh, it's, it's really good, really good to see, you know, how he can kind of continue to build his game, and then, hey, if, if you know, if the trade and all that with, with Portland goes on and happens, I mean, hey, he'll have the keys, and, and, and they'll, they'll give the keys over to him and let him roll with it.
0: What are your – obviously, it's the story of the NBA world. What what are your? What's your gut feeling on that situation right now?
3: It's, 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 it's definitely difficult to say and pinpoint, hey, look, this is the right scenario to go and go forward with that, but, I mean – if if I had to say, I mean, I I would say let him have his own team and let him like you know learn. Uh, but but it'd be great to have that you know that guy behind you or that sure. guy right next to you to be able to run with, yeah. and and really make the, the you know that, that Portland Trail team go forward. So, uh, whatever whatever situation happens, I mean, I think both of those both of those individuals they'll figure it out and they'll they'll make it work. Uh, so we'll see we'll see. So watching Scoop, my confirm has been Russell Westbrook. Do you think that's fair? That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, I I would definitely say that because. If you look at Russ's game at the beginning, it was yep. kind of like uh, his jump shot was kind of like hit or miss sometimes, right. but but you know the athleticism was through the roof. So I call it violent athleticism. There you go. Like, right? Like it's
2: crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like when yeah. they go up to the rim, it's crazy. Yeah. Russ at his peak was the exact same way. In transition, right. you were like, no one's gonna catch this yeah. guy, and he'll get to the rim whenever he wants. So I wanna you mentioned working on the jump shot because that was obviously, like, you know, one of the weaknesses of his game. You know, you're a player. Right. What is working on the jump shot? Like, what is he kind of d- working on? Is it the hand? Is it the release? Like, what is he working on to try to get that
3: thing better? It's more so just just, just putting up the reps. Yeah. Like, making a lot of shots. Like, uh, it, it, you know, my personal workouts and what I do every summer, it's like I've gotten to the point where I was, when I first started my career, I was like, all right, let me just shoot 1,000 shots a day. Now it's gotten to the point now, where I'm trying to make 500 a day. So it's like I'm literally making 500. So that might be off the dribble. That might be catch and shoot. That might be uh, working on step backs. You know, whatever the case may be. So I think that's what he has to continue to work on in his game is, like, just being able to be a pro's pro every single day, working on his game. But also, too, hey, wanting to be the best player that he can be. And I think that's what, you know, he, he, I feel like he has that work, that work ethic and he has that, that, like, that mindset of, like, hey, let me go get it you're a you're a pretty decent shooter yourself huh oh yeah i could do i could <laughs> do a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i
0: was going to say i think it would take me about uh 4 months to make 500 probably so oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it would take a while Yeah. but, yeah. but go back yeah go back to school cuz you, you played against him i the G League is always fascinating because we know it's kind of that fast for these younger guys. the kind of the fast track to the NBA. And right. I, I know it's, it's a lot of it's a showcase the talent that he has. Right. I think it's always interesting when you talk about, okay, what does he do well? Right. And we, we just talked about that. You want to showcase that. But everybody's got something they can work on. And I think that I think it's probably fair to say that shooting maybe dropped him from that two to three spot in the NBA draft. So I, I I guess when it just comes to the G League, it's kind of a question of where to, you know, you've been around the younger, the younger players in the G League and stuff. Where's the emphasis coming from, from coaches with that kind of stuff? Is it more showcase what you're good at or more, hey, this is a time to work on what where you struggle? Well,
3: for him, he came into the G League at 17. So he was more so just thrown in the fire and, like, just said, all right, let's, let's try to, you know, work on the different situations, situational, like, hey, put him in pick and roll, let's work on, hey, let's. how, how do we get to uh, facilitate make it, being a playmaker? So it's like, I think that's what the biggest thing for a lot of younger guys that you see, hey, I'm not going the NBA route, I mean, the, the college route, hey, I'm gonna go to the G-League route right. or the uh, OTE route because I wanna get in those situations where I'm playing an NBA-style, you know, NBA-style play. So I think as we continue to go forward, we'll see a lot more guys go that route because the faster you can kinda get to that opportunity of hey making it to the pros and having the eyeballs on you, the better. I mean, Brandon, you know, uh, Miller was a, a great, yeah. great example of that because, you know, he went to college, but he also too he's 6'9". he fits the mold of like a lot of players in today's game. You know, a PG, uh, 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 Brandon Ingram, like he fits that mold. So it's not too many guys that can go that, that college route and say, all right, this is exactly what's going to model my game after, and it's going to translate to the NBA. His game more so does, but not, somebody, not not everybody else. But I feel like that G League and that overtime, that's, that's, that's probably the route. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we're
2: starting to see it now. It's got to be, I would say, in five years, that's probably the main route to go, that's right? the main route. Because college basketball, I mean, you played some college basketball. But yep. St. was like, yep. it's so different. It's different. In some of these different. conferences, too. Like, I, if I was a big-time NBA prospect, honestly, I don't know why I'd
3: ever play at a Big Ten school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like,
2: that's half-court oriented. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a slog. It's, slow. it's so
3: slow. It's very slow. And then you think about, I, that was my biggest thing from playing – from college to the NBA I mean I was undrafted so I went to G League so I got a little time to to still get better with it but like the speed the speed is so different like you look at at least in the G League like you kind of like start understanding what the speed is and you start picking it up you might not have the full game speed of like my first game in NBA when I got called up was like all right I'm playing against James Harden like I'm literally he's gone or like, who, who, <laughs> like, like 24 on the clock. I look yeah. up, it's 21 they're at, they're at the basket there, you know, at the three-point line. Like, all right, I'm trying to make a play. So the, the speed picks up a lot. In college, guys walk it up. You know, it's, it's all right. Let's get in this set. Let's motion. You're also looking at your coach screaming, yeah. and doing all sorts it's, of a, it's stuff. A lot of, right? It's like too much sometimes. So it's like, all right. If, I mean, hey, if college would say, hey, look, let's let's have a transition to, hey, let's, let's let's get a shorter clock. Let's speed the game up a little bit more. I, that that might not be bad either. So we'll see. How, what was the shot clock at when you played in college? It was 35. When yeah, I, I was going to say it was 35. Yeah. So it's really slowed in. Yeah. I mean, we played against Princeton a, a number of times, and it passed, cut, oh, pass yeah. cut. <laughs> I'm, you know, at a, at a certain point, you're just like, all right, y'all just go and score. Right? <laughs> <laughs> let, let, me, let me try to it's keep like it I'm falling asleep
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> t- tell us about the shoe. Tell us about yes, the shoe because yes. I know you've been working on, what's two signature shoes? Two signature shoes, yes, yeah, t- yes, yes. Tell me about how all that came about and, and where you're at now.
3: Yeah, it. yeah. So, um, you know, kind of started on just wanting to build something that was different, something that because I've dealt with plantar fasciitis. I've dealt with a number of different issues with, with, with being flat-footed. And so I was like, hey, how can I build a shoe, not just for myself, but for for the community of basketball players that can benefit them going forward. And so shoe one was a mid-cut. A lot of people say, oh, well, I like mid-cut. Some people say, oh, I don't like mid-cut. So I was like, all right, well, let's go go lower for the Mm -hmm. second shoe. So we're in second shoe, low-cut, very comfortable, um, very light, in in my opinion. Got a lot of different colorways coming out. So we're excited. We're excited about what the the progression is. And shoe three's on the way. We have apparel uh, that's, that's, you know, in in the works right now as well. Um, and if you guys don't know, ethics at Go check us out. All right, cool. Just
2: about nice. to plug it. Yeah. I, it's got to be kind of fun, right? Because like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that I wish I could be a sneakerhead. Yeah. Like, I would just go on, like, websites and just really stare at them longingly and then right. never oh, really buy right any. Right, right. That's got to be a cool thing to do, though, right? Like, aesthetically design these things outside of it's, just the it's actual amazing. benefit. It's
3: truly, like, Mentally, like, just, like, being locked in and, like, me and my designer and my team, and, which is very nimble. We're, we have a very nimble team. It's only five of us. But we just try to find out, all right, what, what do people like? What colorways do, you know, can we make sense for the, you know, for the fans and people that want to, you know, support? But also, too, it's like the shoes nowadays, like, you can really be so creative and, like, you can kind of, like, think outside the box, you know, with all the materials that they have and they made. Like, we made this vegan product that is hand-stitched. It's different from everything else. Like it's it's a, it's a more nostalgic shoe than anything, and and you know a lot of the old time sneaker heads can understand. Oh wow, like they, they they're bringing it back. They they, they kind of like you know re-embodied. Hey, what what is it all about being you know being a sneakerhead. I just bought a pair of vegan shoes, actually. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. I didn't know Look they. were
2: I didn't know they were a thing, and wow. then I
3: saw these shoes, and I was like, "Oh, they're yeah. comfortable. They're
2: nice. I want to buy these." And they, yeah, vegan shoes. Vegan shoes? Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. Yep. All right, so there, I mean, there's a lot. I want to keep you forever and ask. Oh you no, no it's all good. It's I all ask good. you know, so many different <laughs> things. So you mentioned something I want to pick your brain on, because I like asking pros this. You mentioned James Harden and playing against him, right? Is that like the oh boy, welcome to the NBA moment? Like, what's your best like welcome to the NBA Ooh. moment when you're out there on the floor?
3: I got some good welcome to the NBA moments. Uh, Good at, like, you know, offensively for me and then defensively, um, you know, my first night I played James Harden, but also, too, the night before that I had uh, John Wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm out there. I'm nervous. I'm like trying to figure out all right, where, where do I fit in, how do I fit in, how do I make sure I don't run the right plays, all that. That second night when I got on the court and it was just like I'm in the garden and it's like all the crowd's cheering. You know, at, at first we're hanging in there, next thing you know, we start getting blown out. It just like – that was like kind of like that. Welcome to the NBA moment where I was like, "Man, like I'm here," but like, I can't, I can't just like just stop and just think. All right, I'm gonna just stand around and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna pass the ball." Like, I gotta go get it, yeah. and, and that was like that moment where I like it just clicked for me. And ever since then, I just always like had that mindset of just like prove myself and just continue to be hungry and continue to be that dog.
0: So, so we're those two that get to get to sit around and, and argue over things like who's better, Joel Embiid or Nicole or Nikola Jokic, right, things right, like right, that. Right, 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 right. Give me your. Who do you think's the most underrated or least talked about great player in the wow. NBA? Wow, wow. Oh.
3: Man, um, and I only bring
0: this up because you went right to James Hart. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying that's the answer, but right. you went right to him as far as that was my wake up. moment. Yeah, yeah, no, nah,
3: that woke me because I mean, <laughs> bringing it back to my, my my friends were texting me, don't get crossed up, don't get crossed. Yeah. So you know that was another thing that was in my mind. <laughs> um, man, underrated. You know, you know, somebody that like uh, I, I can kinda think of like from a guard perspective, because I'm I'm a i am ai I'm a point guard too, so I play those two positions, that's all I all I guard. Fred Van Vliet, man, he Okay he I mean he's he's gotten paid, yeah. uh, undrafted guy. But you know, talking about one of those guys that's like, you know, a dog, uh, you know, real gritty, like, you know, just a lot of toughness with him. Like being under Kyle Lowry at the time, like him those two playing together, I think that was probably the the best tandem I, I've seen, like playing against Kyle, like when I was in Philly at St. Joe's, and playing against him when he was at, at uh, just coming back in the summertime, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That was that was truly just you know just a blessing in disguise because I didn't know all those guys would come back that's in true. Philly, but being able to play against them every single day and playing pickup and working out with them, it really helped my games flourish. So, yeah. I think
0: that's a great answer because I mean, we're, I mean. It's not just me and you who have sat around and it's like, hey, the Rockets had money to burn, right, but right. would anybody, any other team done that with Fred
1: VanVleet? Right. We don't know.
2: Yeah, yep. Well, and it's I, I don't think, like, when we see this money thrown around, too, first off, there's a lot of money in the league. Right. right? But guys like Fred VanVleet, like, they're worth that kind of money. First off, it's only three years, right. and he's worked really hard. And I would assume somebody like you, like, there's probably a kinship, right? Like, hey, undrafted
3: guys, like, that's really cool to see you get yours, and you're working together. For Absolutely. It. I mean, you're gonna pull for those guys. Yeah. I mean, especially for me, I'm gonna definitely pull for that guy more so than anybody else because he understands what it takes to get there, and understand hey, what all he's been through. Because it's not just it's not just given to you. You got to go out there every single day, and if one day you come in there and you you know you're half stepping, pack your bags, you're out there. So that's what I think that that mentality just you know it just sparks you, and it always sticks in your mind. You just got to be uncomfortable every single day. Yep. Every
0: day. So so we deal a lot. Like, we deal a lot with talking about sports betting. That's what we do as a network. Right. That's become much more prevalent a lot, a lot in the NBA, in the NFL. We've obviously seen some of these stories about the NFL players getting suspended. Just run us through the process of what you guys are told, um, you know, kind of the beginning of seasons, tra- you know, pre- preseason training camps, of what the message is from the league teams on that kind of stuff. Because obviously we've seen some NFL players running into problems.
3: Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean... From, from my experience, they try to tell, tell us stay away from it, you know, from from inside of your, you know, your team and all that. It's kind of changing now where, you know, a lot of guys are betting on games and trying to figure it all out, but I'm like, if you just don't worry about your game and you worry about, you know, other sports, football, baseball, mm-hmm. like, th- that makes more sense. Right. Because you have time to watch it and look up and like, alright, alright, I can follow it, you know, so it's, it's great. I don't want to say it's not, not the best thing, but it's like, it's tough to, you know, do it with inside your own sport because, it just it's too many violations and too much sure, stuff to no, do sure, like yeah. so i just say hey look just just try to stay you know other sports and then you'll be fine well and it's interesting too cuz out of all the leagues the nba is being
2: very forthright with it's like the new cba for example right not only can they invest in in, uh, in uh, marijuana companies, right? right? But it's sports betting companies now, too. Yeah. So the NBA is trying to strike a balance where it's like they're allowing you guys to do some more things right. while also trying to keep it narrow. Like, hey, guys, like just
3: like you said, just don't bet on our games. Right, right, like, yeah. Just go do that other – just don't bet on our games. Yeah. It's really that easy. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's where you ha- have that fine line. So I think this, this upcoming season – when they're in the locker rooms and they, you know, they, they always have this, you know, this media training and t- you know, t- take you through all the steps. Right. This this is this is gonna be an important year because, you know, if if it goes bad, this would be the year that, you know, oh wow, 24, you know, 23, 24, like that, that was where it went bad. So I uh, hopefully they can figure it out. They 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 put the guidelines in that, hey look, hey, look, this is, this is what you can do, what you can't do, and then hey we, we you know we cut it in the butt you know nip it in the butt right there. So yeah. All right, so you're a Louisiana guy. We yep. can't get you out of here before we talk about your area. <laughs> uh, we were chopping it up
2: right before. Yep. Um, you're a college football guy. Big college football guy. Yeah. LSU's. A, LSU. you talked about the sports
3: in the sports betting circles. LSU is the hot team, man. Hot team right now. What we, do you think? We we got a really good shot. Yeah. We got a really good shot. We got we got base got a whole team back. Got a quarterback quarterback back, uh, uh, Daniel. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we have um, with with Coach Prime, man. I, and I you know I've been following you know yeah. that whole story and what he's done with Colorado. I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. And I, I, that, that first game is going be to be like kind of like the home run for him. It's like either he's going to strike out or he's going to hit a home run. So <laughs> right. we'll see. We'll see yeah. what's going to
0: happen. LSU, but, tough week one appoint, opponent.
3: Yeah, for, yeah. He's uh, a four-state four guy. state uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. We don't worry about it. We, <laughs> we, we're we're going to take care of business. We're going <laughs> to take care of business. Because last year, they literally were up the whole game. And we, it literally came down to the yep. end of the game with a two-point conversion. We literally, we should have, we tried to kick the field goal, got blocked, lost the game. We should have went for two. We didn't have no momentum on our side. It should have been, hey, look, let's go for two. We're going to win or lose. That's good thing. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm, oh, I'm totally in that camp.
2: It's one play to win the game. Let's win the game right yep. here. Let's not try That's to go Florida an overtime. football. Ball. Yeah. I mean,
0: kicks get blocked or uh, missed always. or whatever. It always happens. Always yeah. happens with Florida State. Always, always. <laughs> well,
2: and we were talking about the LSU program from your perspective, too, because NIL now is the Man. thing. Man. With, especially with their female
3: athletes. Shh, they're killing it. Dude. They are killing it. Like the women's basketball, you know, just won a, ch- won yep. a championship. Now baseball just won a championship. I mean, hey, look, it'll be a, a trifecta if the football team can win championship this year, too. And it, Well, I don't want to say basketball too much because I'm a St. Joe's guy still at yeah, heart. Right, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm still supporting LSU guys, but, that, you know, St. Joe's is still my team. But, anyway, it's like to see that program and that whole, you know, whole program, like, just continue to get better. The gymnastics is blowing up now with NIL. I mean, they have the top paid athlete in the, in the whole country. So I'm, I'm excited to see what yeah. they continue to do and, and, and how they continue to do it because, uh, hey, the uh, LSU program is, is really doing some special things down there. Langston, man,
2: we really appreciate it. So yeah. before we get you out of here again, anything you want to say? Ethics, the brand, anything else that you're doing? Let people
3: know. Um, yeah, no, nah, um, I have my foundation weekend, the Langston Galloway Foundation, July 28th, 29th, uh, coming up in uh, this month, so we're really excited about this. It'll be the 8th annual. Uh, we have our court restoration, we have um, our gala, and we have our and annual basketball camp. So I'm really excited about that. EthicsToBrand.com if you guys go check us out the shoes. And um yeah, follow me uh, Lane Galloway 10 on all social media platforms. So we'll do man. So we appreciate
1: the nice time. Thank you. No, no, for sure. appreciate
2: Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Lane Galloway Harvard Handicappers the podcast. Uh, we'll be back